Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient 18s in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. We're taking a look at the Ivy League basketball is really the main focus right now. Looking at Ivy League basketball and a weird week that we had. We talked about it last week, guys. We talked about, is this the test for Yale? Yale had two big games They went 0-2, so I would say it's pretty legit to say they have failed that test. Yeah, unfortunately, Yale went down in both games. We will talk about that. I think we are starting to see a little bit more about Princeton, which we talked about. It's a weird week because Harvard had no games, right? Um... Brown had really one game early in the week, and then there was none. So we'll we'll get into this. Looking ahead, I mean, the more that it, we seem to break this down, the more that we continue to stare at a team like Cornell, and we continue to say, okay, how far can this Cornell team go? How much can they take it, right? How far in the process can Cornell really continue to move up? So we'll get into all that. We'll touch on the games that did happen. We will certainly go over the games moving forward. You guys want to check me out? It's at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. And also, I do have a YouTube channel. I do talk a little bit of Ivy League over there as well. I could really use the subscribes and likes over there. It is Tom Barton Sports over there. All right, so let's talk about it here. Um, We'll start off the week. Look, Brown loses to Vermont at home. We previewed the game. I told you it was going to be a tough game. Vermont is a quality opponent. Maybe they don't come out of a, a traditional power team, or but they are a quality opponent. They're always right on the border of maybe making an NCAA tournament. They're having a little bit of a bad year so far to start off, but I do think Vermont will be in the mix. I, I think at the end of the year, this won't look like a bad loss, even though it was at home. Look, Brown is who Brown was. I don't think we looked at Brown as one of the top four teams. I don't think we can look at Brown as one of the top four teams. I think that who Brown is, look, Brown's a team that loses at home to Vermont. Uh, and, And I don't look that, I'm not looking too far into that and saying, okay, that's a bad thing. Harvard, like I said, they had no games. Um, you look around and you go, okay, no Cornell high-powered offense games to speak of in the past week. So everything for them is kind of looking forward. Penn lost to LaSalle. All right, you know, another game where I think I think Penn is letting people down a little bit this year, if I could use that term. It depends on what you believed in Penn. I wasn't sure who Penn was going to be this year. And when we did our preview show, I, I wasn't sure if Penn was going to be in those top four. So I was a little hesitant. Now you see them losing the games to LaSalle, and I, I think it's a fair game to lose in that spot to LaSalle. Okay. Uh, but I think that Penn should have been more. And people that had Penn potentially chasing this division, potentially being in that, you know, final four, I think they expected a LaSalle win there. BU beat Dartmouth at home. Look, BU is a really good high-powered offense. Beating Dartmouth at home, look, Dartmouth was playing really well at home. I get it. That's not a bad loss. Again, when you're starting to talk about, you know, Ivy League teams here, Brown losing to Vermont, you know, it's a loss. 
but it wasn't a bad loss, okay? Penn losing to LaSalle, not a bad loss. I think it's worse than the other two, and BU losing to Dartmouth, okay. One win Albany beat Columbia, guys. And then Columbia lost to three win Sacred Heart. This Look, Columbia is the bottom of the barrel. We continue to say it. I'm going to continue to harp on them. Columbia hasn't shown me much fight. They have looked just completely out of sync at times out there. And Albany is a better school traditionally, but they were having a miserable year. They were one and nine coming in. They were having a miserable year. This was a spot that Columbia could have taken them out. This was a spot that Columbia could have stepped up. I mean, I think Columbia is just cementing the fact that they were one of the worst teams in the country, not only in the Ivy League, and I do see them as the bottom feeders in the Ivy League. Princeton starting to step it up a little bit here. Princeton now 8-3. and three. Well, they were 8-3, and three, beat Lafayette on the road. Then they beat UMBC at home and scored 89 in that UMBC game, which is impressive because that is a defense-first team. And you have a defense-first mentality, and you're all able to put up nearly 90 points. That is impressive. I told you guys two weeks ago, and I told you again last week, and I'll repeat it again here. Princeton is that team that can hit the ground running and really take off here. And you look at their schedule, you look at who they have, they could start turning some heads, but they're going to be in a couple of battles. Don't look at their final results going into Ivy League play and say, oh, because they do have some tough games. So don't look at them and say, oh, well, you know what? Is Princeton really that good? I think they are that good. They are taking care of business. They handle Lafayette with ease. They beat UMBC. The offense was explosive. Princeton's a team here that I'm starting to look at and say, okay, that's right now starting to be the class of this conference with Cornell, who is shocking people because of that massive offense. Harvard's still unknown. So that's who we're looking at. And you notice I left Yale out. Well, we sat down last week and the title of my podcast was basically, hey, look, Yale, you know, put up or shut up. Here we go. It's a test for Yale. Do we believe that they're for real? And this was the test. You can argue with me that the bookmakers around the country had Yale as underdogs in both games. You're right. But Yale had two opportunities against two good teams to show us something. They absolutely got spanked by Iona on the road. They gave up 91 points in a double-digit loss. I know it was on the road, and I know it's Iona. That is a bad, ugly loss. Yale had their first real test of the season here, and they failed miserably in a game that maybe they couldn't have won. I thought that they could have stayed close. Maybe they shouldn't have won or couldn't have won. But I think that if you want to be the premier team in the Ivies, that's a game you can win, and that's a game you should win. Well, you should at least show up and not give up 91 points to Iona. I, I think that was a bad, just a bad overall game for Yale. It was a tough game for Yale to kind of recuperate from, but you had your chance. Monmouth comes in, Monmouth's 9-2, and two. Monmouth is rolling, but Monmouth is still Monmouth. Look, it's a good program. They're consistently in the conversation for an NCAA tournament bid. They are a solid team. They have a good offense, couple of players that are a little underrated. I know that Monmouth is a solid team, but they failed that test as well, and they lost. So we started the week by saying, okay, do we believe in Cornell and the offense? Well, every time I've pretty much watched Cornell, and we'll get into them in a minute, um, every time I've watched Cornell, just about their offense shows up, they look impressive. Now, look, they what did they do? You know, they put up a 60 spot against a, a top potential top 10 team in the country. Their offense was completely shut down. You could argue Virginia Tech is a top 10, not only team in the country, but defense in the country. I, 
I'm not looking at that as a bad loss. So I, I evaluate the Ivy Leagues a little bit different. So Princeton is impressing me. Cornell is still impressing me despite that loss. You know, Harvard is is uneven right now. Dartmouth was okay and Brown was okay. They're down. Columbia is clearly bad. And Yale was that team that I said, I'm not sure if Yale is the elite team. Are they that team that we should start looking at and talking about being the best in this conference? Are they a top four team? Who are the Yale Bulldogs? Well, you go out there and you get destroyed by Iona and then you go out there and you lose to Monmouth in this fashion. And I'm looking at Yale and I'm going, you know, look, you got to show me something here. You can't just uh, just go into the season and say, well, we had a tough schedule. You did, but they were winnable games. You know, 0-2 could have even been accepted if you didn't get handed your hat in the way that they, they lost to Iona. Um, you wanted to get out of this at 1-1. and All right, so let's take a quick peek at the upcoming games here. Dartmouth is going to go to Stanford. They're going to be in California for Stanford, for Cal, for Bakersfield. They'll be the underdog in all those games. Um, Dartmouth is a team that I think got off to a nice little start and you said maybe they could salvage something this season. This California trip and the West Coast trip, you always hear about the West Coast trip in baseball, but this is a West Coast trip that could be devastating for Dartmouth. Uh, I think if you get one win out of those three games, you got to raise your head high. I think if you come away with a win, even if it's against Bakersfield, you got to be on cloud nine and say, okay, that's a good trip. This is a tough schedule, tough trip, and it's really going to skew people's opinion about what Dartmouth is. I still believe that Dartmouth can fight for that number four spot and get into this playoff. I believe that Dartmouth can be still uh, one of the top four teams in the Ivies, but their record is really going to take a backseat here because of what they're doing in their scheduling that they're doing it. Going on the road is never easy. Going on the road in California is surprisingly difficult. Um, and going on the road in California at this time of the season for these young kids to leave uh, you know, school, travel across country, it, it, there's just a lot against them. And let's be honest, they clearly don't have the talent of Stanford. They absolutely don't have the talent of Cal, and they don't even have the talent of C.S. Bakerfield. So they're up against it here this week. In a quirky scheduling situation, there are no games Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Uh, I, I thought that was really, really odd. We haven't seen Harvard in a while, so let's spend a minute here on the Harvard Crimson. They get Holy Cross on Sunday, okay, um, and then they get Howard at home before we talk again. Harvard is 5-1 and one at home, and that's early season results, but that means something. Here's the thing. The last time they took the court, they faced a D2 team. But the last time they took the court, it was 13 days from the time that they will take the court against Holy Cross. That layoff is massive. Now, you could look at the layoff in two respects, and I think that we will do that here with this Harvard team coming out. We're going to know a lot more after that Howard game. Because you can look at that 13-day gap, and you can see how it would hurt a young team. And Harvard is very athletic. Harvard is very talented. But Harvard is also a team that is very athletic and very young, okay? You can see this hurting them. The the drag, the malaise, it's two weeks since your last game. You're in a position where, you know, it's getting cold in Boston and it's tough to get up and get pumped up for practice. And the last time you were on the court, you faced a team that wasn't even a Division One team. Yeah, yeah, you beat them, but you didn't even have a great showing against them. I mean, 
this is going to be Tommy Amaker's finest hour here. I, I mean, really, it is. It's get Keep these kids' head in the game. Get their enthusiasm up. Get them running. Get them playing. Get pumped up for a Holy Cross team on Sunday. And then keep that momentum against Howard at home. How, you look at this, and 0-2 would be devastatingly bad for Harvard. Okay? I don't see 0-2 coming. 1-1 one one would be fine, but you want to go 2-0 here. Now, the 13-day break can be looked at as the other way. And you can say, you know what? I think we are going to gun for 2-0. Because that 13-day break with young kids, maybe they're working on their fundamental problems that they had. Maybe, uh, you know, playing against Babson and, and, and barely beating them by, you know, 10 points or whatever. Maybe that will give you energy to move up. Maybe Tommy Amaker will be able to fix problems and have the extra time and prepare extra hard for Holy Cross. I do expect Harvard to look really good against Holy Cross on Sunday because I respect Tommy Amaker and I know that's a young team, but I think they come out, I think they come out fired up. I think they come out aggressive. I think they are absolutely well-prepared in this spot. And I look at what they are and what they can be, you know, and this is a spot for me that, yeah, Harvard is in a, in a good position to fix a lot of their problems. All right, let's take a look at Cornell, because I think that this is the week of Cornell. Last week, we were paying attention to Yale. This week, it's Cornell. Look, Cornell takes on Bryant, okay? Now, this should not be a problem for Cornell, not only to win, but for them to score. They allowed 86 points to Stony Brook, and I know Stony Brook is a uh, high-powered offense kind of team, but they allowed 86 points to Stony Brook. That was the last time out. This year, they've allowed 111 to Houston, and you go, well, it's Houston. Yeah, but they also allowed 83, 93, and 81 in back-to-back-to-back games early in this year as well to not great competition. So Cornell comes in, they're nine and two. They scored 89 or more points in four straight before the, the 60 spot last time. And you start to look at Cornell and you go, yeah, they're in a position here to beat up on Bryant. Okay, is that going to tell you much? Not really. But you want to get that big win and you want to get that offensive win. If you are a team that relies upon one facet of the game, meaning you're a team uh, that only runs the ball in football. You want your running game working as you move up the line. You want that. You want to go out there and beat them with what you do well and really just enforce that. Cornell wants to go out here against Bryant and score 90. They want to go out here against Bryant and score 100. They want to go out and really abuse them on the offensive side of the ball. This is what Cornell wants to do. So uh, do I think that Cornell beats Bryant? I do. But I'm interested to see how this offense comes back clicking after putting up a 60 spot. The 60 spot, anybody in the country could do. The best teams in the country might put up 60 against that dominating defense, right? So I'm not making too much about it. But I always look at the bounce back. What is this bounce back going to be? Because while I say that we're Bryant, my mind is on the next game. And, and coaches can sit there and coaches constantly sit back and they go, okay, look, one game at a time. And players got the, the, the conversation. They get the little uh, cue cards, right? How to talk to the media. And they're going to sit there. One game at a time. We're not looking ahead. I guarantee you that every single member of Cornell is looking ahead in this game. Because on Tuesday, they take on Syracuse. And that is a game where you know these guys want to play. Syracuse is in the middle of New York, uh, you know, all the way up top. They're away from everybody. But Syracuse is kind of the team in the tri-state area. As good as Rutgers is, Syracuse is that team. As good as UConn's one, Syracuse is that team 
in the Ivy League, basically, area. So Syracuse has that aura, especially for a team like Cornell, to take on the big boy. And you know that eyes are going to be watching, and you get to take advantage of a spot in the ACC. You get to do all that. I think that there's a slight look-ahead spot here against Bryant. But if I see them come out, fix their offense, throw away that 60-pointer, and you look at Cornell moving forward, and you go, yeah, Cornell can dominate here. Yeah, Cornell could be that team. Man, oh, uh, Cornell's got it. If you look at it like that, and then going into Syracuse, I think, I think they're going to be a little underrated. I think that Cornell could be a little underrated. I think that they could catch Syracuse sleeping a little bit because while this is massive for Cornell, certainly not massive for Syracuse. And while this is a huge game for everyone in that program on Cornell, Cornell sidelines, and you know that they circled this game. Don't tell me about that one game at a time mentality. The kids on this Cornell team circled this Syracuse game. They want to put their best foot forward. Syracuse is not going to be looking at that. Syracuse is not going to be looking at Cornell as a threat. Syracuse is not going to be looking at Cornell anything more than, all right, you know what? It's another game. Might be able to catch them sleeping. Unless you're listening to podcasts like this that are strictly Ivy League podcasts and we're paying attention to Ivy League basketball, most people don't realize the kind of season that Cornell is having quite yet. Most people are unaware that Cornell is really a pretty good team this year. Most people are really not paying attention to who Cornell is. But we are. We're paying attention. So last week was the week of Yale, and they failed. This week, I think it's the week of Cornell. I want to see Cornell beat Bryant in the fashion that we all think they can. But besides that, hey, go out there and play a good game against Syracuse. I think they will. I think this could be one of those shocking, surprising games of the season. I think they play close with Syracuse. They hang tough. I can't call for an outright win, but I'd love to see Cornell really push Syracuse. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Go check me out at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter, and make sure you check out my YouTube channel. It's Tom Barton Sports. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.